Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. Alan Kohler here with this week's Crypto Watch interview, and it's Dirk Bauer, Professor of Accounting and Finance at the University of WA Business School. Now, the reason to talk to Dirk is because they are about to launch a summer school to teach about blockchain, and I think it's the first university course in Australia on blockchain. There's a few in the United States, but Dirk is in Sydney at the moment speaking to the CBOS conference and there's a lot going on about blockchain at CBOS this year. Dirk has become a bit of an expert on the subject and he's got some very interesting explanations of how blockchain works and what he thinks is going to happen to that and to cryptocurrencies. So here's Professor Dirk Bauer from the University of WA's Business School. Well, Dirk, you're launching a summer school, I think, at the University of WA on blockchain. What are you going to teach exactly? Well, we, we go through the basics of blockchain because it's very important to understand what, uh, what blockchain is and what it not is. And, and then also um, highlight other concepts like the distributed uh, ledger technology, DLT, um, and what the difference is. And then we, we go through um, the, the biggest crypto assets, currencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, the platform, smart contracts, uh, Ripple, and so on. So we really try to to make sure that people understand what what uh, blockchain is, what it can do, what problem it can solve, and what what it can most likely not do. And and that's quite some work because to understand what uh, how that blockchain um, how it works and how that proof of work works and how Bitcoin works that that can take some time. So so it will be um, not an easy um, subject or unit. At this stage, it's only a summer school. How long before you think it forms part of a degree course? Yeah, we, we thought that we start with summer school and see how um, like if people like it and, and how like it depends on the the number of registrations. But um, given the current feedback, if if it turns out to be successful, then we probably start very soon. Uh, maybe then in in the second half of 2019 with a, a full degree program. But I mean, this this sometimes takes a bit of time, right? But but uh, and we have actually over the last two years, we have always included some blockchain topics, um, cryptocurrency topics in existing units. For example, I I taught international finance, and I'm teaching international finance and dates. So when it comes to when we talk about exchange rates, then then it's almost natural to include um, cryptocurrencies. So we have done that anyway, but but now it's more official, and and we will soon then uh, extend it. I guess if, if that summer unit is successful, then we, we add another one, uh, I guess, and then go to the degree, yeah, like I hope end of uh, um, second half of 2019. There's a few universities in the United States are doing blockchain courses in New York University, MIT, Stanford, and Columbia. What sort of level are those courses? Are they parts of degree courses? Um, I'm, not, I'm not aware that, uh, that they have something like a master of blockchain. Um, I think... I think NYU is really um, like NYU and MIT may have that, um, but many of them have um, like units such as the the summer school. You know, like it's one unit. It's, uh, it's sometimes called like some of those are even offered as a as an online uh, course, um, but it's not a degree. Do you think that the whole thing is a confirmation? I guess that you think that it's here to stay. That blockchain is going to become a part of commerce, finance, and technology generally. 
Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it will um, stay here in the in the finance sector, or it has strong applications in the finance sector. Right? I mean, the only application that really works and that works for a pretty long time now is Bitcoin, and that is a financial application. And we see that um, the um, the coins or the initial coin offerings, which is a kind of crowdfunding without that that third central third um, third party without the investment bank, without banks, without any trusted third party. Um, that, that is very successful. So this um, only this year, um, more than 20 billion US dollars have been raised through these um, initial coin offerings, ICOs. And, and um, there's, that's, for me, that's a clear success story. If, that, if blockchain is also then will be successful in other parts, like in, in the supply chain management or, I mean, logistics more generally or, or in other areas, I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, we, we see more applications in finance, and maybe that says something about the future that uh, that maybe it's, it's more finance application than than other things. But I, I'm not really that. a fan of predicting the future. I just, if I if I look at what what I see today, um, I think there's strong evidence that 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 um, there's a lot of um, stuff in finance happening, and that blockchain will change finance. Um, other sectors, not so clear. I mean, we have. We have. Uh, if we didn't have Uber or Airbnb, I'm sure people would say um, that can be put on a blockchain. Um, no one talks about that because it works pretty well, and um, that's why I'm not so sure um, um, if if other sectors, industries uh, will uh, adopt it and need it. A, a lot of that 20 billion you mentioned that's been raised in ICOs has been lost already. Um, I'm not aware of that. Why, well, why just, has it been lost? No, no, because the prices of the cryptocurrencies have. Have fallen so much over the past six months. Oh yeah, yeah, but we have also. I mean, for me, it's more the 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 success is that it's possible to to raise that, and and clearly there's a um, there's a mixture of things happening now. I mean, the Bitcoin price um, fell, and 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 the hype kind of um, or that receding hype to depress prices, but but it works. You know, I mean, firms, startups can raise money um, using um, an ICO. And and this is a um, unregulated market. It's what what people call the the wild west of finance, and and it works. And yeah, okay, some some money has been lost, but but there has also been uh, that's also true in the stock market. Um, and if you do an IPO, I mean, not all initial public offerings have been successful and, and always led to just rising prices. Um, but it works, and it's easier to do an ICO than an IPO. And I, I think that's uh, fascinating. Another fascinating thing is that six months ago, you wrote a piece for The Conversation comparing blockchain to Wikipedia, which I thought was a yeah. fascinating idea. Tell us about that analogy. How does it work? Yeah. So we, we, we started to think about that, um, and, and it's really the basis of this blockchain. What is it and what is it not, right? Because Wikipedia is not on a blockchain, but it's very similar to a blockchain and to the blockchain idea. Wikipedia is, is uh, essentially open. Um, everyone can access it, right? And it's decentralized. Um, again, everyone can access it. It's not that uh, that there are restrictions, and it's also permissionless. The Bitcoin blockchain is permissionless, and many people that talk about a blockchain, they think um, more of a closed one, of a private one. So anyway, the Wikipedia is open, and people can change entries, uh, and if other people don't like it, then they change it again, and at some stage, most likely, they, they reach a consensus on any topic. Um, and there's some, some because we also have a consensus, uh, consensus mechanism, uh, mechanism in, in blockchain. And, and there's one of the, the, the big analogies. We have verification, 
we don't have mining really, um, as in, in blockchain, but um, we have people who look at entries and say, I don't like that, or it should be, something should be added or changed. They do it, other people look at it, and, and so we reach consensus. And that's, um, this verification part, the mining part, is, is something we also see in blockchain. But the, pain, the, the point is, Wikipedia is not on a blockchain, but it's very similar and it works very well. Is the same process apply in blockchain where people can change it themselves, that anyone can change it, that, as you say, it's permissionless? But I guess with blockchain, it's not so much entries of information, it's a transaction generally that is put on the blockchain. And is that the same process, that somebody can put a transaction on a blockchain in a way that they can add an entry or change an entry in Wikipedia? Yeah, that's not the... I mean, it's it's this... It's a pinned only, right? Um and, and that's uh, when, when you change an entry on, on Wikipedia, you think that you change something, but essentially you're just adding information because the full history is always there. You can always go into Wikipedia and see that you added stuff. You, you, you thought that you deleted stuff, but essentially you just added information and that information was delete something previously. You cannot, what is on the blockchain, you cannot delete anything. Right? But also on Wikipedia, you're not really deleting anything. You're adding information. I don't like that. I want to change. So one, one key thing with, uh, with Wikipedia and blockchain is that it's essentially immutable. It doesn't look, Wikipedia doesn't look like immutable, but it is this append only. You have this long history. Everything is uh, on the blockchain and will stay there forever. And when it comes to the, the Bitcoin blockchain, for example, I mean, you can go back 10 years and see the first transaction. You can look at all transactions that ever happened. And you can go back 10 years and maybe if, if it exists in, ten, in another 10, in, in 2030, you can, uh, you still have the full history of transactions. That comes um, at, um, at a cost, of course. It's, it's uh, exciting uh, from a researcher's perspective. But then the question is, what are, what are the benefits really to, to go back that long when it comes to other applications? Unfortunately, you have to save everything in blockchain to know that, uh, well, where, where, who, who holds Bitcoin um, and what are the transactions that led to that, uh, those holdings. You're in Sydney to attend the CBOS conference, and you're saying that the first days were talking about blockchain. Were there any developments that surprised you? Is there anything you learned there that you didn't know already? Um, I'm always learning. Um, and there was, for example, something about, about uh, quantum computing. Um, and, and I don't know much about that. And that is also linked to, to the blockchain, the power of encryption, for example. Um, the, I attended a couple of talks, also a panel discussion on, on, on trust and how blockchain will change trust. And, and I noticed there that I always had an issue with this trustless system. People said that blockchain is, is trustless. And that may be true um, if you just look into the, the, the blockchain per se. Um, but does that also imply that people trust the blockchain, the outsiders, and they trust Bitcoin. And I, I think, and, and that, I think that panel highlighted that, that, that a more structured approach to trust or to think about what is trust, that it can be institutions-based, process-based, or characteristic-based, that that can help to understand why do people trust money and, and what do we need so that people then trust Bitcoin and use it or, or use any cryptocurrency. Speaking of cryptocurrencies, what do you think of the state of the market now? As you said, Bitcoin's come down in price from 19000 to 6500 or something, and a lot of other cryptocurrencies have fallen even more. Where do you think the market is heading? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, um, careful with predictions. 
Um, what I can say is that when people tell me that uh, the bubble has clearly burst, right, um, then I tell them, well, the, that Bitcoin bubble has burst a couple of times uh, over the last 10 years. And, and that's a, a big difference to um, other big bubbles like the dot-com bubble or uh, the tulip bubble. Um, those bubbles have burst once. And then, then they stayed there and they, they never really recovered. I mean, there are always exceptions. And uh, Amazon, for example, I mean, that's clearly recovered from the dot-com um, bubble. Um, but Bitcoin has seen these, these extreme price fluctuations over the last 10 years. So if people tell me that the bubble has burst, I'm not so sure. Right. And there are currently more than 2,000 cryptocurrencies. What do you think that's about? And will there continue to be growth in the number of cryptocurrencies? Could be. I mean, it's very easy to to create um, a cryptocurrency, uh, and um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if we had five thousand. But we also have a lot that, that that are created and that are not successful and they disappear. And and that hype has um, that we and especially the the strong price increases in in uh, in the second half of twenty seventeen has has shown that um, that has triggered a lot of. A lot of people jumped on the bandwagon, right? I mean, there were things like Jesus Coin, and 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 the video, like, really looked like uh, it was a well-designed video as a white paper, but but uh, it was clear that they they don't really um, think that it's a, a serious project. And there are many other examples like Dogecoin and um, things that were invented more like a um, it wasn't a real project, and then it was successful, relatively successful. But I think these things will, will go away, and, and many of those um, cryptos that were invented, created uh, last year, they, they will disappear. And just finally, do you have a view of which of the large ones will prevail? There's obviously some sort of contest going on to become the payments mechanism between such things as Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Litecoin, and so on. Do you think that one or more of them will end up prevailing? Um, I think... The beauty of Ethereum, for example, is that it's a platform, and and as a platform, it's um, rather successful. So I I am not I wouldn't be surprised if Ethereum um, stayed um, with us for for a very long time. And um, Bitcoin is kind of the benchmark of um, blockchain. Um, it's unfortunately it's very inefficient in terms of um, energy uh, consumption. So it would be good for the environment if um, there was less energy consumption and less uh, Bitcoin mining. Um, but it's um, this this Bitcoin blockchain is is very stable. Um, it has never been been hacked. Um, exchanges have been hacked, but the, the the Bitcoin blockchain has never been hacked. Um, and so it's a very successful, uh, rather mature, relatively mature blockchain. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, stayed with us as well. And 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 then Ripple, um, that's a that's a it's a I think it's the third. So it's like change with third largest um, cryptocurrency in terms of market capitalization, and they have a um, they're linked to to many banks, and and so that could also be um, the basis for for future success and and for um, that um, that it stays with us over over the coming years. Mm. Thanks very much, Dirk. It's been really good to talk to you. Thanks. Thank you, Alan. That was Professor Dirk Bauer from the University of WA's Business School. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch Market Wrap with market commentator Saeed Sadawi. 
The biggest news this week includes Fidelity, one of the top five largest financial service providers maintaining some US $7.2 trillion in client assets, has announced it's launching a crypto trading platform. Providing both custodial and trading services for enterprise clients, Fidelity will offer quoted institutional-grade custody with dedicated client support. The Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE's upcoming trading platform, BACT, is pegged to launch officially on December 12th, pending regulatory approval. An exciting development for the cryptosphere, should it be approved, ICE may provide the very first physically settled Bitcoin futures contract service. The world's most popular privacy coin, Monero, this week activated the highly anticipated cryptography upgrade known as Bulletproofs. Seeking to provide scalability to Monero's privacy features by restructuring how confidential transactions are verified, Bulletproofs has been widely praised by the community, with Monero transaction fees as a result of this upgrade falling a whopping 96%. The widely controversial figure Elon Musk has sent the cryptosphere into a frenzy over the last few days with a Bitcoin-related tweet. What appears from the onset as a wholly insignificant tweet with the words wanna buy some Bitcoin has led some users to suggest there is more to the tweet with rumors spreading like wildfire, prompting the community to feel Elon has some sort of big Bitcoin reveal planned. And finally, news out of the largest cryptocurrency on-ramp Coinbase has confirmed they're shutting down their crypto index fund project. Due to a reported lack of demand, Coinbase has closed its index fund in favor of a more retail-friendly option known as Coinbase Bundle. With Coinbase Bundle, users can purchase a basket or bundle of all cryptocurrencies offered on Coinbase as an easy diversification method. And now onto the market wrap-up. Another relatively chill two weeks in the world of Bitcoin. The same, however, can't be said for the world of altcoins. With moon missions across the board, many alts have had an extremely favorable fortnight. With Bitcoin dominance down 1% to just over 54% over the last two weeks, again, this is indicative of alts performing comparatively stronger. Remaining near the US 6500s, Bitcoin seems to have made itself very comfortable in the interim, with participants hinting at a potential bottom for Bitcoin. This would suggest we're moving into an indefinite accumulation phase prior to the next move up. With notable mentions going to Ravencoin up a massive 150% over this week alone, due largely to a favorable Binance listing and increased awareness of the project. And secondly, Haven Protocol up 140% during this week alone. It's clear, despite many of the higher market cap coins remaining stagnant, many of the lower ones are continuing to pop. And finally, the majors Ethereum, Ripple, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin are down a relatively small 2.1%. And that's all for the weekly wrap-up, guys. I'm Saeed Sadawi, and I'll see you next time. Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. Our theme music was written and recorded by Broke for free.